about this time. Strap yourselves in. Let's take you on this ride with Next Legacy. We a radio station for the people. Providing hella heat. Let's get to it. Next Legacy Radio, we're coming through your room Interviews on deck with guests listening to Hashtag and imagine if it was you What's happening, we packing with people coming through How about you? Lace it up, we ready, providing hella heat Turned up, we racing to it, track me Y'all ready for this journey of a lifetime This Next Legacy agent just like fine wine Tune in NextLegacy.com Getting you ready for this interview. Let's get to it. Radio station for the people. Yeah. We got hella heat. We got hella heat. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's my man. That's my man. All right. This is. Charles, I am Brandon Madison of Next Legacy Radio, and I have my guest here, Andrew Manoy, is going to talk to us about Proven Wrong, which is available on Amazon.com right now. You can go check it out. Do it. I ordered my book yesterday, so I haven't got a chance to dive deep into it, but I just need some traffic and some conversation that we're going to have today, my friend, to talk a little bit about it, but also I want to make sure that the people go in and get it and support it basically took the time out looked at the synopsis and i just kind of want to get a brief tutorial as far as um tell me a little bit about the book just a little bit because we need the people to go out there and get it wow um basically it, it talks about me growing up in jamaica coming to the u.s then my father basically like pretty much cast us away we wasn't around around him. Um, I was kind of in a crossroads, didn't know what to do. Joined the military, got stationed in California, went in the Persian Gulf as a 19-year-old. Then from then, got out of the military, went to college in Daytona, came to Florida, did major concerts and events, and got in trouble, dealt with that. Um, had some amazing moments throughout my life, met some amazing people, did a lot of things, amazing things, you know, but basically the book chronicled all of that in what I did, the steps I took and the, the obstacles I overcame, especially being a father, a single father and raising my kids and as I'm getting, going above and beyond to help others to achieve success, basically. Wow, that's heavy. I mean, especially your journey. Um, you know, you briefly mentioned your father. And like I said, I don't want to dive too deep into the book because I definitely want the people to go grab it, support it, read it, hit you back. Everything that is everything when it comes to prove them wrong. Um, but you do uh, you did mention just the relationship you did or did not have with your dad. Was that the catalyst of the book as far as how it started or was just your whole life journey as, as you know, a man growing up, going through the journey that you have was like, I need to put this out there for the people to be uh, aware and or inspired by. 
yeah, pretty much my father not being there was the catalyst and everything. Um, and the way I know I can help a lot of single fathers, especially a lot of single black fathers, that we always get the raw deal and get taken for granted. People stereotype us, saying, call us deadbeat. We're not there for our kids. But they're, they're always like two sides and three sides to a story that you have to understand the gravity of what goes on in relationships and how sometimes mothers can be bitter and cause that effect to affect not only the, the man, but the children. And then it, it, it snowballs into a whole different thing that we didn't ask for. And then sometimes some men can rise above it. Sometimes we don't. And then they always say for every action is an equal and opposite reaction. And sometimes if you're not reactive, if, you, if you're being reactive and not proactive, it can really affect you mentally, especially. So I, I learned my, by my father not being there for me throughout my life. It helped me to understand the gravity of the importance of what it means to have a father in your life, especially boys, you know, so. Let, let me ask you a question, because this this touched on something that's personal to me as well, because I didn't have the kind of relationship that I had with my dad. Um, it was different. It was, you know, he was there, then he wasn't. It wasn't consistent, right? So, yeah. you know, that, that carries with me forever. And I have a daughter, and what I try to, what I try to do, you know, it's 20 years in as far as even being a dad, but what I try to do is I, I just want to right the wrong you know be somebody that you know be the kind of father that my father wasn't right yeah. do you find that sometimes being a, a a dad sometimes encompasses that kind of mentality and also not saying that we're overcompensating for the lack of that we had back in the day but isn't it just trying to right a a, a parental wrong in my opinion yeah that is true and even with me I, I, I'm guilty of that too because, um, and I, I've said it so many times, when my first son was born, I remember being in the hospital and I said, I said, I will never let my son think of me the way I thought of my father. Because up to that point, I never had a relationship with him. So when my son were born, when my sons, both of my first two sons were born, I probably... I've seen my father total less than 20 times. Actually, less than 10 times. Because prior to my 18th birthday, I've seen him maybe five times. And when I came to the States from Jamaica, I saw him like three or four times. And then I joined the military. And I never, while I was in the military, I never saw him. Um, and when I came to Florida, I saw him when I was in college. I saw him once. So I could um, pick how many times I actually saw him. So. He was never there. So basically I said, and I resented him to a whole new level. I, I totally, I hate using the word hate, but I resented him to the point where it was borderline hating. And it, it consumed me. I won't lie. It consumed me to the point where if his name was mentioned, I would get mad. I would get angry. So after a period of time, I had to kind of let that go and the book details a lot of that thing, though, that we, especially as black fathers, we carry that burden of, we perpetuate the cycle. Like our father's not being there. So you know what? 
he wasn't there. So you know what? I ain't gonna be there. I, it doesn't matter. You right. know what? I, I survive. So them do they'll survive too. So we tend to do that, and it's not fair to them. So I try to like cut that cycle. It, it creates a, a a horrible, in my opinion, generational curse that yeah. I feel like a lot of black fathers have because there is the misconception that we're deadbeats, like you're mis like you mentioned. There is a misconception that you know we're not emotionally or financially able or capable because of whatever trials and tribulations that we all go through. There is all that talk that we have. And I feel like it's important for people to understand that there is plenty of ways you can break generational curses as well. There's plenty of ways you can be able to um, create your own legacy in a sense where you have control over being the kind of dad that you want to be and not by the lack of parental guidance when it comes to dad. I would have loved, like you, would have loved to have the kind of dad that was there to help, help usher my my teens and 20s and 30s and all that stuff but we just didn't have it so we have to make a way to do better be better and as your book exposes that how did that make you feel when usually in some cases when authors autobiographies comes out and you get a chance to read it verbatim even though you experienced it um how did that putting it all together make you feel as a person as a father as a mentor etc very emotional um reading the book over like proofing it and reading it over it it, it got me because like a few times when i read certain parts i had to stop and i never knew it was going to be this emotional for me and it's been therapy for the most part because i didn't know how much pain i was really in because we also learned that as men suck it up man up deal right. with it you know, don't be a sissy and all that. So that's been a part, especially the black culture. So we, we have learned to understand that, you know, it is what it is. While I was in the military, a lot of guys that I was in there with, they were raised by just their mom. And it's just a tricky situation, though. And But we never put a lot of stock into it until later on. Like, I never really knew how much... My father not being there affected me until like maybe a few years ago. Because I learned, it's like people always say, you can't miss what you never had. And, and it's just one of those things because my grandmother told me the first time I saw my father, I was maybe, I don't know, five, six. And I, she said, I said, who's that man? And she said, that's your father. I was like, huh? And they, they tell me that story. And I was like, okay. I didn't know who. And the second time... I saw him. I didn't even remember that first time because they told me. But the first time I remember seeing him, he hit me. So I was like, you know, it, and I detailed that in the book. But then it just makes me understand that, you know what? Most black men in prison, most, not all, they never had a father figure around. And that's a sad statistic. It's, it's very sad. So like we said the generational curse is there with us in our communities if we can actually stop that and stop perpetuating that cycle it's a battle one but it's it's been a tough journey though and i never realized it until maybe recently hey man it's real and um you know a lot of people would try to dissect the root of 
where it all ended when it came to having a strong presence of a father in a black home or in a home period. Um, a lot of people can go back to the slavery days. A lot of people can go back to any point in time in any parts of decades of history. Um, and, and some of it may be factual, but also as a dad, you have a choice to be a dad. Some may not because there is real life situations where some people may not be able to or may not know they're a dad or whatever the case may be. But do you agree that in some cases that I feel like, especially as a parent, I had a choice to be there every day in some kind of way to make sure that my daughter was loved by me. And there's different ways you can do it not just the presence, but also the actions as well. Um, do you find that, uh, you know, similar similar to what, what you've gone through as well? Yes, absolutely. And sometimes the action and the, the downside to that, the one downside is that if, like you have a minor child, if the mom is not receptive, that will be very difficult because you're going to fight an uphill battle because if your mom is not in communication like that and she's hindering you, no matter what you say, if she try dissect different things, like you want to have a relationship with your daughter and then she's saying, well, that he ain't this and that and all the negative stereotypes and all that, it's going to like, you fight an uphill battle. So you reach yep. a place with her of comfort and then her mom says something else about it. And then she said, she started having doubts about you then you got to recover from that and then move on to that and move on to that. Cause I'm dealing with that also right now with my youngest son. That's I detail that in the book too, but it's just one of those things, you know, ironically, I don't know if because the book, but I see so many things on social media now in regards to fathers after the Super Bowl win on Snoop Dogg's Instagram page, um, there, he posted a little video when Patrick Mahomes dad walked up to him and they hugged. And then Snoop Dogg just said, it is always better when you have your father around. No doubt. You know, and I'm like, wow. And it, it, everyone knows that. But, you know, you know, we, we just, you know, just try to ignore it. And that's just it. it, it oh, you're, you're, I mean, a thousand percent correct. I mean, I, I think it's like that when you have. On the flip side to that, I mean, it's great because, you know, you and I are probably very more similar than you think when it comes to just, you know, dad, dad not being there, dad, you know, the ups and downs of it all. But also on the flip side as well, isn't it better anyways when there is a functioning and supportive household of a mom, of a dad, or even if you're not together, if you're co-parenting to the point where the only thing that matters is that kid's life. You mentioned something earlier as far as that goes. And I know most men, and I'm talking about it from a male's perspective, and I know there's a lot of other females, women out there who may differ, but there is an obstacle of the end of a relationship or whatever it was to where it is now with the kid that's in play, right? So like you, situation that I had, I did not want to have the mother of my child dictate when I needed to see my child. So I took her to court myself, did whatever I needed to do myself, utilize that system in order for me to have some structure, 
because if I didn't do that when she was younger, because we split up when she was two and it was a long, you know, long story. But I feel like if I didn't do that, chaos, everything would have yeah. went south to the point where it was it wouldn't have worked. Men sometimes get frustrated and then they throw their hands up and be like, damn, I tried, but I can't do this anymore. But it's important to start right away in order for you to be able to get or have some control or some semblance of parental guidance on our perspective as well. You would love it if the if the other co-parent was great, but there's a 50-50 chance it may not. Yeah. So we have to take that responsibility ourselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because like my ex-wife and I know we're good. We like really good. Um, back then, not so much. And it, it's so hard. Like you got to understand the way a man can get a child from the mom, you got to prove like abuse or drug, drug abuse or physical abuse. Those are the main reasons you can actually get. So unless you do that, because even when I went to court and the judge um, was saying after we went back, because she was trying to get some more money from me. Right. And then she told the judge that he, he's going to have custody of, his, of the kids. And the judge looked at her and said, what? Even the judge was shocked when she said, I'm like, why? So it was a female judge and she was like questioning that. But when I was going through my battles to get my sons, a friend of mine, I remember was telling me he mortgaged his house to get fight, hire lawyers and fight. Yep. He spent over $60,000. This is like back in the 90s and still never got his children. Yep. Still never got them. Real over something like 60 grand. I'm like, shoof, shoof. I didn't spend nothing like that, but it's just, it's a battle that you have to be willing to go all in to like make it work. And, you know, it's a battle though. I tell you that much. It's, it's, it it's is. a ongoing struggle. And it you is. have to and be I, willing I, to persevere. Yeah. And I, you know, and I commend you for the consistency that you put forth because not a lot of men do it. And, and, and on the flip side, you're absolutely right. The system that we're in right now does not cater to us. Yeah. And that is fact. Not just your story, my story, anybody's story, the automatic, I don't care if it's somebody sitting on the bench, male or female, they're going to always lean towards the moms for whatever reason. You know, you can fill in the blanks and there's probably a whole gumbo pot full of reasons why they do. But... <laughs> To me, I feel like it's a sad state that we're in where we have to fight 10 times harder, if not more, in order for us to even have a voice. And to me, that's part of the problem. Again, part of the system and everything like that. So I commend you, not, ju not just this book that you have, it's available now, Proven Wrong, on Amazon. Um, that's important as far as you being transparent with your struggle, but also as a parent who really wants to be in their kid's life and the struggle that we have to do and make in order for us to achieve that. It's not easy. Like most people are anticipating it's a struggle. And a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, it is. It, it's not easy. And the commitment you have to make during the time when I had my sons, um, there were so many opportunities that came up like job wise, um, 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 entertainment wise for to do a lot of things that I couldn't do or I, w I wasn't willing to sacrifice my sons to do them. A lot of great opportunities came up 
And I look back and like, you know what? It was worth it. I, I don't regret that at all. It's just one of those things that I have, you know, I live with because right. I know that there's a commitment that I have to make. And even looking back when my father, I remember I was 16 when I wrote him a letter when I was living in Jamaica about him filing for myself and my brothers. And he took the letter. I'm a 16 year old and he took the letter showing to his neighbors talking about, huh, see, he's begging me. I'm like, and I heard about it. I'm like, how can a 16 year old beg his father for anything? No. Something to better his life. I'm like, this man is crazy. Yeah. I'm saying, he's totally delusional. I'm like, it's not like I'm 30 years old. I'm 16 and you have never done anything for me. And I'm like, you know, so it, 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 it's, it was tough. It was tough. You know, yeah. it was tough. And, and, and as a, and as a child, you shouldn't have to politic your way to get into your, your, your parents' life. Like to me, I think it's a little weird. I think the effort should always be on the parent. Uh, you know, we're here to make sure that we give them the necessary tools to succeed in life and love them and everything else that comes with the responsibilities of being a parent. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, again, you, you and I are very similar. I, I'm, I, as even now to this, at this stage and age right now, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to beg. I'm not, I can't do it. I can't do it for this reason. It's too, it's too late. If you really want to be a parent, you should listen. My, <laughs> come on, man. You already know if you if you want to be a parent, step your damn game up. I don't care how old your child is. Step your damn game up and be there. Yeah. Don't wait for that child to come to you and beg to be in your life, because to me, that's just stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and to me, that's a that's a gut punch to anybody who is a parent who just organically just wants to see them succeed in life. And, and, and I, but, you know, before we start talking about this, just in life with your kids, because I know you want your kids to grow and be their best selves that they can be. Um, how do you think they're going to perceive or look at this book and your efforts? Um, big picture, when, when they're old enough to be old enough to know about everything. Yeah, my, my two oldest sons, they're, they're old enough, and they've always had my back. Like, I didn't know, and he... My oldest son, he's now 30, but he don't even know that I know this when I guess the girl he's dating, um, she must have asked him who he would have, who he would take a bullet for. And he named two people. And when I asked, I said, oh, his mom, because I know boys always touch their mom. And they said, nah, he lists his little sister, which is my, my youngest daughter and myself. I was a shocked. I was like, wow. Okay, I, I I didn't know what to say. I was like, okay, I'm I'm totally shocked because yeah. normally boys always gravitate towards their mom, and he loves sure. his mom. That's that's not the question, right? But it's just the fact that because he knows that I was always there, and when they get older, like I always tell them, used to tell them, always keep your regrets to a minimum, because I've always told them so many things, and a lot of things I told them when they were much younger, it's come to fruition now, and they understand it like. Damn, yeah, you did tell me that. Yeah, you did say that. You know, it's just one of those things. But my youngest son, he's, it's still a work in progress because his mom has totally poisoned his mind towards me. So I haven't given up. Believe me, I have not given up. I'm, I'm still trying to reach to him in any form or fashion. 
but it's, it's an uphill battle. But I'm willing to climb that. So I'm 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 waiting on that. I'm still doing that. I think best of both worlds is a is a good. You know, I mean, as kids, you you want the love and support and um and everything from both mom and dad. And in some cases, there are situations where one would sabotage the other. And to me, those are games you should, you know, we should never play um, as parents because to me, that dilutes the whole thing about, you know, raising your kids to be their best kid when, again, you know, you're you're trying to dictate, you know, what what's being said or what or what the other person is and things like that. I mean, I know it's like, you know, I feel like there's a, a, a trying father and a father that's full of effort um, to be there for their kid. Leave that man alone and let them be a parent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, if you're trying and you're putting in the effort, why are you holding that person back? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's to me, that's just all so, sorts of wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it is. It is, it is though. It is. And it's, I even, I, 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 I just talk a little part. I won't even go into it. But in the book, like, my, my, um, my last son, his mom, um, we went together and my son was born and basically we we were trying to have a decent relationship and she held me hostage that basically the only way you can see him is to come to where she was so i was like okay but then she told me she was dating the person she was dating was actually a legend football legend eric dickerson and I was like, wow, because she had asked me if I knew who he was. I said, of course I know who he is. And I'm like, so I said to her, I said, why would you even want me? You have him. He's he's him. You know, I'm nobody. Yeah. And basically, she couldn't handle that. And she had to, like, totally try to destroy my life for her benefit and basically tear down any form of relationship that my son I could have with him because of what she did, changed his name. And it, it was just, just so bad. It was so bad. And I just, I just couldn't understand it. But, and then the son, my son, he basically like was coming at me. And I said one thing to him. When I, the reason why I know, even though he denies it, the reason why I know that she did poison his mind because the last time I saw him was 2007 before I saw him. He was four. My, I have the same phone number since 2005. So when he came back in my life was basically 2018 when I saw him again. And he said, where have I been the last 10 years? And I said to him, I said, you know that my number is the same number? since 2005 and he looked at me and he said what does that mean i said what does that mean i'm saying it means basically you could have had my number the same number anytime your mom she called me 10 years later so obviously she had the number so why am i the only one getting the blame for this say i'm wasn't there and i'm deadbeat when she had my number all this time so she could have said you know i'll call your father why wasn't that available to him? But I'm the bad guy, so you know. And I know a lot of fathers can relate to this to a lot. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And I, and I, uh, you know, again, it's stuff that I hear stuff that, you know, either I've been a part of stuff that I know, um, you know, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, um, effort on both parents' parts. If, if that child to me, it, and, and it's, and it's kind of sad because again, generational curses, when will this stop? When will, when will they get to a point where at the end of all days, if you're a mom or if you're a dad and all you want is to make sure that child has both parents active in their life, responsible, being there, everything that comes with it, leave a situation alone. There should never be any harbored ill will, bad feelings. Let that man or that woman be a parent. Um, and it seems like personal things trips us up every single time. When are we going to break that curse? And to me, that's part of it because you would love to have both parents in the household, be happy, live life with the kids, all that stuff. But realistically, it's not it's not real. You're going to see that, but you're not going to see it all the time. Yeah, that is true. You, you, you can. It's, it's not going to happen all the time. You would have it in some situation. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were married 49 years since my grandfather passed. Right. Yeah, but, you know, when I... When I was born, my father was never there. Like basically, my parents were separated prior to my birth. So basically, they were totally separated. My father came, got some, my mom got pregnant. That's me. You know, so it's not like they were together and all that. They after my sister was born, they weren't even together. So, and I put all that stuff in the book. And it's surprising because as private as I have always been my whole life, I detail a lot of things in this book that uh, man, my whole personal life is less out there. But you know what? Hey, if I can help others, I'm cool with that. I'm 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 fine with that. Proven Wrong is available on Amazon.com right now. Go get it. I ordered it yesterday. I can't wait to get it and dive deep into this man's journey. Um, as an author, though, um, before you were able to proof it, read it, put it all out there, and things like that, I want to get into your mind as an as an author real quick. Um, did you find this, I mean, you, you told me earlier, you found it very therapeutic in a sense, and you found it, you know, emotional as far as its journey. Um, as an author, is this going to be one of many books or did you tell the whole story that, okay, there's probably still a couple more chapters left that nobody hasn't seen or heard of or anything like that. So how's, how's, how's your authoring, um, looking like moving forward, uh, my friend? Wow. Um, to be honest, I didn't even plan on writing one book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, amen. But it's it's open because there's a couple of stories in there where I wrote, there was an instant at a concert and I didn't go further into there was, and then I even said, you know, that's for another book. Sorry about that. In the book, oh, you like, you'll get to see that I just came across a lot of issues, like my journey in Jamaica, um, the military. I only spoke about some things that I experienced in the military when there were so many things I could have talked about. Um, I could have talked about a lot of things when I was in college. I didn't say a lot of things. So I skimmed because it was the first thing. And I didn't want to like um, over be over dramatic with any one topic 
and dwell on it for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Basically, because so far a lot of people have said, yeah, what, what happened to that? Well, you never said, and it's a good thing. So it's like a cliffhanger. So they like expect something else, but they, I could write based on what I've done with this book, I could write two more books within the same realm and not talk about the same things twice because there's so many other stories I never spoke about, but this was like the beginning to not get so like if someone is reading a book and then they said, man, he's talking about that the whole time. He's talking about that. As soon as they start getting to something, cause there's a story in the, in the, in the, when I was in the military in the Navy, it's in the book. As soon as I start talking about that, I get into it. I just switch it to something else. So a lot of people are like, hey, so what, what happened with that? You know, I never talked about that. So I, I leave it open that, yes, I could do others. And but I'll see how this goes. But um, funny enough, this book is actually in the category of the Caribbean and Latin American literature. It's actually number one in new releases. You know? That's what's up. And it's number two in bestsellers. So I was like, wow. And I never expected any of this. But, you hey, know, I'm grateful. I find it very interesting from an author's perspective, especially when you're talking autobiographies, because you can tell the story like you told. But also from hearing you talk, there's branches of your journey that you can spin off to and write a book about or you know, whatever the case may be. And I find that I find that in life, you know, depending on how long you live, clearly, you know, there's probably five or 10 more journeys, the uh, pieces of this story that you may want to branch out. It's different branches to the way we live, man. I mean, you know, you can live a straight laced life and go through all these excessive things. But also out of outside of those things, there's also branches of a story that hasn't been told. Like, yeah. you know, how you got into military, what made you do what you do. I'ma hold off on that because I'm sure it's probably in the book. So I'm looking forward to reading it. <laughs> but outside of that, just your journey there and diving deep. Oh man, there's so much. Um, and I and I commend you for this start of your journey because as an author, I've always heard from other authors that. Um, it, it does take pieces of your soul, but it's also, in your words uh, that you mentioned earlier, it is therapeutic and it is emotional as far as this this journey. And yeah, um, it's 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 great it's great that you're putting this out because not too many people um, will do it because they want to get not just their truth out and tell the story, but a lot of people. Can be inspired by it in my opinion and, and and is that what you've taken so far as far as the people that's responded to you yes absolutely um there's a review on my website when a young lady i can't remember the name off the top of my head but it's on my website and she said she bought the book by accident because she thought it was a book she needed for school but after she read it she knew god told her she need to get this book. Hey. It was so inspiring. I was like, I was, I got so emotional when I read, I was like, damn. And then she said, because of her Caribbean background. And then she said, no, we are family. Like she and I, I was like, wow, it, it was, it was so touching. I was like, I never thought this would have happened though. Cause I was just writing a story, basically my life. Cause I was saying, even in the beginning, I said, why would anyone want to read about me? 
I don't know. Nobody cares. Nobody. I kept saying that. I said, who want to? Nobody cares about this. But you know, hey, a few people did care. So you know, that's why it's out. And my life is on front street. So basically, no cats out the bag, man. Listen, it's important for people to go check out Prove Them Wrong. Um, not just because we're with my man here, but also the this these stories, this this journey is relatable. It may not have spun off into different branches or different paths like yours, but it is relatable because there was probably another path that I took over there that I'm like, you know what? I can relate to you. And, you know, and I think it's important for the people to understand that, but also awareness too, because again, man, Andrew, I believe in breaking generational curses and not all curses are bad. Like, you know, some people want to be the first person to graduate with a PhD or buy a first house or go to college or whatever those are curses to break you know what i'm saying yeah. but also it's out there a lot of people don't realize that by their actions it's out there and in order for you to really take stock in what you want to do moving forward you gotta you gotta understand that this is a curse that you want to break like you just have to be a willing participant to do it and eye opener man this is an eye opener promise it is it, it truly is it's I never, I never in a million years thought of writing a book, much less inspire others about this. You know, I've, I've always helped kids and all that because I've had a foundation that I've done that to help kids throughout my life. And, you know, I have no problem doing that, but just to actually put everything out on front street. I, I had a friend of mine that I've known since I was maybe seven, eight years old. We grew up together and he bought the book and he, he told me like when, he, when the book just came out, he said, well, I'm going to read the next few days. And he said, he texted me that next morning and said, he picked up and he couldn't put it down. He said, I said, really? He said, yeah, because we've known each other for so many years. And I didn't even know you went through all these things that you went through in the book. And I've known him and he don't even know. And I was like, yeah, man, he just, he just one of those things, man. He just, I talk a lot of things in this. And as much as I did talk, there's so much more that I didn't say, but that's for another day right hey there you go that's really that's what's up that's what's up man andrew and before we close again prove them wrong is available on amazon go get it now search it support it buy it do what you need to do um but i'm gonna give you the floor and shout outs direct traffic to website social media any and everything you have going on my friend yeah man you definitely should go visit my website it's www.anchorminot.com. That's my website. And all my social media is at Drew Minot. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Drew Minot. And you can get the book, as they said, on Amazon. And you can visit the website. It'll tell you more about myself, my autobiography, my journey, the, the things I've done. Um, my whole journey is basically I put a lot of it on my website so you can see that and understand everything that I've been through for the most part. Amen. And I can't wait, Mr. Minot, to check this book out, post it on my website with a review and, um, and, and show that support because already I know it's going to be an emotional ride based on, um, you know, appreciation and understanding of the journey similar paths but also um i feel like a fraternity in a sense because of this you know what i'm saying guys it, it, you can you could hype us up 
for one thing, but also tears down for another thing. But also, you know, we're still struggling with our own journey, of course, and the fact that we're still putting that effort. I could live with effort because yeah. to me, you can't fake it. If you're That's trying right. hard to be the best you can be and sometimes it doesn't work, I can still commend you for the effort that you're putting forth. Absolutely. To me, that means you're trying to no end, no conditions, everything. And this is what I want to see when it comes to not just prove them wrong um, and supporting it, but also a man's journey that is really genuine and authentic that he is sharing it to the world. And I need everybody to pay attention to that. So everybody that's listening and will be listening to the sound of my voice need to go and get this, this book, support my man. And, and let's clear a path so we can be able to break generational curses because I still believe in that, bro. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Man, with that being said, I will grab your website, follow you on all social media platforms and things like that, too. And make sure that once I get the book, this book will be on review um, on our website, on our station's website and everything. And Andrew, my not. I appreciate you, bro. Keep that path Thank clear. You. Appreciate it. Thank Break you. these generational curses. This is one of them. Keep chipping away, bro. I'm proud of you. Definitely. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Same here, man. I'll be in touch. I'll hit you up on all your stuff, all right? Definitely. We'll talk. All right. Salute, man. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Bye.